have any Thanksgiving traditions at your home when you were growing up? At my house, when I was growing up, my mom did the same tradition every year. She would take out this stuffed turkey, and I'm not talking about putting stuffing in a turkey. But she would take this plush stuffed turkey, like this, this children's toy, this turkey, and we would pass it around the table. And anyone who was holding the turkey, they had to say something they were thankful for. And so we'd all go around, and we'd hold the turkey, and we'd say something we were thankful for this year. And it led to all types of uh, crazy stories and people saying crazy things. I remember one year my sister, she was thankful for good-looking men. That's what she was thankful for. I was like, okay, whatever. And um, my brother, he's, uh, he was about six or seven at the time. And he got the turkey and he was all excited. And in his little kid voice, he said, I'm thankful for the whole wide world. And my grandfather, who was most of the time not paying very much attention, and even when he was paying attention, he was pretty much deaf, so he never knew what was going on. He, he yelled out, underwear? Why would you be thankful for underwear? And so there was always crazy things going on. And I'm not usually the, the pastor who thinks, oh, there's a holiday, I need to find some tie-in message. Uh, but as we've been working through our series on prayer, I knew I needed to talk about prayers of Thanksgiving, and it just sort of aligned with the holiday of Thanksgiving this week. Over and over again in the Bible, it talks about giving thanks or praying prayers of Thanksgiving. And I really think that there's one of two ways of going through life. We can either complain about everything or we can thank God in everything. And you're either a thankful person, you're a grateful person, or you're a complainer. And it's either one or the other. And I think if we're praying, if my prayer life is beginning to look more and more like how the Bible describes how Jesus prayed, that means my prayers are going to be much more thanking God and much less asking God for things. That's a healthier biblical ratio of how I should be praying. And you might say, well, Alex, it's very easy for people to be thankful. They don't, they're not going through what I'm going through. If they were going through what I was going through, they would be complaining too. But because their life is easy, they're able to be thankful. Plato famously said, um, be kind because everyone is fighting a hard battle. They're not fighting the same battle as you, but their battle is just as hard. And there are people who are fighting and going through hard things. And I think sometimes in our culture today, we get into a competition about who has it worse and who can complain more. You know, and you're like, um, I got a flat tire. And you're like, well, you know what? I lost my job. And then someone else is like, well, I got cancer. My, my whole family died in a tragic accident. And we're almost trying to out complain each other. But the thing is, I've seen people who are very wealthy and have a lot of things and they're miserable people. And I've seen people who are very poor and have very little and who are miserable people. And I've seen people who have much and are grateful. And people who have little and are grateful. So it's not what you're experiencing, but it's how you're responding that can change your perspective. And I saw this tweet this week from Trilla Newbold. She's an author and a speaker. And she said this. Her mom called her last night and said, people are always talking about being blessed, being hashtag blessed. But I know that I'm blessed. And then Trilla here shares that her mother has experienced the death of her young daughter, the death of her oldest daughter, the death of her husband. She has one kidney and has had cancer. But because she knows Jesus, she considers herself blessed. This is someone who has not had an easy life, but they've chosen to be thankful in the life 
that they had. In the Bible, Paul wrote this letter to the church at Thessalonica, and he said this, Rejoice always. This is in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. He says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. People all the time want to know what God's will is. I feel like Christians are always like, I wonder what God's will is. What's the will of God? And we've talked about before as we did our study on purpose and divine destiny that all of us have a unique calling, a unique purpose, this divine destiny, this unique reason God put us into the world, this things that you're supposed to do that I'm not supposed to do, the things I'm supposed to do that you're not supposed to do. But God's will is what he wants from everyone. God's will applies for everybody. And you want to know what God's will is? Paul tells us very plainly right here. I think a lot of times we, we ask about God's will, but the thing is he just comes straight out and tells us what he wants from people in the Bible and we just don't read it and we just don't do it. What does God want? For us to be thankful. He wants us to be thankful. So why does God want us to be thankful? Is it just like he, he's like really self-obsessed and he's like, you need to appreciate what I do more. I remember when my mom um, would get us Christmas presents, we would always joke because, you know, she would, uh, we'd be about to open a present and she would be like, you know, that cost a lot of money. Your dad and I spent a lot of money on that. We'd be like, okay, thanks mom, you know, or we'd go and open another gift and she'd be like, you know, I had to go to six different stores to get that. Nobody had it. Everybody was out. I went to six different stores and I finally found it. Or we'd open another present and she'd be like, you know, I had to wait in line for three hours, three hours to get that. And I knew when she was telling us that she wanted us to know and understand how much she loved us because she was willing to sacrifice for us. And when God asks us to be thankful, it's not because he's like, you better be giving me the attention. I'm an attention hog and I want to be appreciated. No, God asking us to be thankful is him giving us a gift because he knows, because he created the world, he knows how it works. He knows that being thankful is the key to experiencing happiness. And so when God says, be thankful, he's not saying this because he's like, you're not giving me enough attention. He's saying it because he wants us to experience a better life. God asking us to be thankful is God's gift to us. It's him giving us a gift of a better life. See, happiness is not based on what God does or doesn't allow into our lives, but in how we respond to what comes into our lives. Your happiness is not based on what God has allowed or hasn't allowed into your life. It's not based on what you're lacking or what he's given you and you wish you never had to experience. Your happiness is based on how you've responded to what has come into your life. And you say, okay, Alex, so what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to thank God when there's a school shooting? We're supposed to thank God when a bunch of people get killed at a synagogue or when an innocent kid gets run down in a YMC parking lot? Are we supposed to thank God for that? No. It doesn't say to thank God for everything. It doesn't say when something evil th happens, thank God. God's not responsible for evil. He doesn't want you to thank him for evil. He hates when evil things happen in our world. But he says, in the passage, he says, thank God in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. And so when there's a shooting at a synagogue, we don't thank God that some crazed man went in there. We thank God that more people didn't die. We thank God that people who were injured 
recovered and weren't killed. We thank God that the people who died lived wonderful, meaningful lives. We're thankful that they even got to live at all. We're thankful that law enforcement responded. When there's a tragic loss of life for a young child, we, we don't say, well, thank you, God, for this evil action that took place. No, we say, thank you that you even put that child in this world, that the parents got to love that child for a little while, that it got to be a part of this world for a little while. Lord, thank you that medical first responders showed up on the scene. Lord, thank you that you're a God who's somehow going to bring good out of this horrible situation. So we thank God in every situation, not for every situation. And that leads us into a continuation of this idea where Paul writes to the church at Philippi. And this is what he says in Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, I'll say it again. It's that important. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is very close. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, Paul's letting us in on a little secret here that the Bible doesn't hide. It's actually quite plain and repeats over and over again. You see the theme repeated throughout scripture. Happiness always springs from thankfulness. Happiness always comes from thankfulness. The more thankful you are, it's going to change your perspective and your emotional outlook on your entire life. And most people are unhappy because they choose to complain rather than be thankful. I think most Christians are unhappy because they refuse to be grateful people. If we would just change from complaining to thanking, it would change everything in our lives. We live in a culture of complaining. It's all around us. People on the internet, you jump on social media, people are constantly complaining about everything. But we can be different. If we choose to be thankful, we can be happy even in the midst of difficult times. See, we can either focus on how much God has done or we can focus on the one thing he hasn't done. And I think one of the best ways to just kind of help this idea get home is with a simple practical example. I've got a jar full of rocks here. And uh, in one jar here, we're going to call this empty jar the things that God has not done, the things we're praying about, the things we're waiting for, the things that we want that he hasn't done. And I'm going to put uh, one rock down here. No, I'm going to put two in there. Let's say there's two major things in your life and you're like, God, if you would just do these and all our prayers and all our thoughts and all our energy is put on these two things he hasn't done. And then in this other empty jar, I'm going to call this jar everything God has done for us. Everything that he does for us every single day. Do you realize that everything good in your life is a gift from God? Every good thing in your life is a gift from God. And this is going to represent everything that God has done for us every day. And it fills up the jar and it starts overflowing the jar because you know what? He doesn't stop doing good. He does good for us every single day and then he just keeps doing it and keeps doing it and keeps doing it. Now look at these two jars. One of these is so full it's overflowing onto the floor. One of these has two rocks in it. And we spend all our time thinking about this empty jar except for these two little rocks instead of thinking about this full jar that is just overflowing with how much God has done for us. You 
your and my life is overflowing with the goodness of God. And we spend so much time and attention complaining about the small little things he hasn't done yet instead of just shouting to the heavens how good he has been, how much good there is in our life already. See, complaining robs ourselves of joy. See, happiness is in our hands. Sometimes we talk about it like we're victims. This happened to me. Someone did this to me. And so I'm miserable as a result. It's out of my hands. I'm a victim. Happiness is in your hands. God has put it in your hands. We rob ourselves when we refuse to be thankful in all circumstances. We rob our own lives of joy. See, we must thank God. We must thank God for everything that he has done, everything that he is doing. But the passage is really interesting because it also talks about thanking God for what he hasn't done yet. It says, bring your prayers and petitions. Pray to God for what you need, what you want to see happen. And he says, but do it with thanksgiving. How do you thank God for something he hasn't done yet? You thank God because you look at everything he's done in the past. You look at the character and nature of God presented in the person of Jesus in the Bible and you say, this is a God that I can trust. I haven't seen him answer these two things in my my jar yet, but you know what? I believe that he is a God who is with me and for me, not a God who is against me, and he is going to do great and mighty things. And so we begin to thank God for what he hasn't done yet based on the character and nature of who Jesus is because he's a God who loves us. And he's a God that we can thank even before he acts. And so we pray and we say, Lord, this is what needs to happen. This is what I beg you to do. This is where I need you to work. And you begin to thank him for what he's already going to do, what he's already doing that you can't see, and what you're going to be able to experience in the future because he is a God that is good and who loves us. And even if God never did a single good thing for us again, we could thank him forever for the cross. Because Jesus Christ came into this world, God himself came down to earth, and he didn't look at us and say, wow, you've really messed things up. You've really messed up my world. You've really messed up your lives. You've really messed up your country. You've really messed up your relationships. He didn't come down with a club and say, you know what? Heads are going to roll because you guys really messed up. Instead, he came into the world and he said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to rescue the world from themselves. And he came into this world and died in our place. He died and was buried and came back to life to prove that everything that he had said and taught and lived was true. He invites us into this life with him to live and love like he did. If he did nothing else for us except rescue us from the worst part of ourselves, our self-destructive tendency to hurt other people and hurt the planet and hurt ourselves, then we could praise him forever. But he doesn't stop there. He died. He invites us into this relationship with him that we might live the life that he lived by treating people the way that he did, by living and loving like Jesus. And yet he continues to pour new good into our lives every single day. And so we praise him. We praise him for what he's done and what he's doing and what he's going to do. And we praise him for the cross. We thank him for the cross. And so as we come to the end of this message, as we come to a close, what do we do with this? What do we take away from this? What do we need to act on as a result of what we've looked at about 
um, praying prayers of thanksgiving. Number one, I think you should ask someone in your life, find someone, maybe a spouse or someone you're dating or someone who lives with you or someone you work with, someone who's close to you and say, will you keep me accountable? When I complain, will you remind me that I have so much more to be thankful for than anything I'm complaining about? Find someone who's going to be honest with you and is going to challenge you to keep giving thanks instead of complaining. And second, find a way to remember and consider all that you have to be thankful about. Maybe you want to choose morning, noon, and night and just take a moment to think about something you're thankful for at each of those moments in your day. Maybe at the end of the day, you just want to write down and say, this is the big thing I'm thankful for today. And, uh, you know, I like to write things down so that I can go back and look at it. Maybe you want to make a video or a social media post. Maybe you want to find some other way to remember. But I think our tendency is to forget. And when we find a way to jot it down, we can look back and see God has been faithful. God has been good. God has given me so much. And we begin to name these rocks in this full jar. And we begin to think, okay, this is where God came through for me. This is where God helped me in this situation. This is where God gave me this conversation. This is where God provided for me in this supernatural way. And we begin to recognize that God has been so much better than we ever imagined or thought because we're a forgetful people. Our tendency, our natural tendency is to lean towards complaining. And that means if we're not intentionally thankful, we'll naturally be complaining. And so we need to find these ways to intentionally sit down and say, this is what I'm thankful for. This is what God has done. And I believe he can do it again. I want to close tonight with a quote from William Law. I thought it was really powerful and really sums up what we've talked about this evening. William Law says, the greatest saint in the world is not the one who prays the most or fasts the most. It is not the one who gives the most alms. That's money to the poor, money to the church. It's not the one who's most known for patience or love or justice. The greatest saint in the world is the one who is most thankful to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this challenge to be a faithful people. Lord, you say that when we come to you with prayers and petitions and thanksgiving, when we bring our praises to you, you do something. You supernaturally guard our hearts and minds. It says the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. So many times, Lord, we choose to sacrifice the happiness that you've freely given us. You put it into our hands. Instead, we rob ourselves of joy by complaining rather than being thankful. God, make us a thankful people, regardless of how much we have or how little, regardless of how good or how bad it is. God, may we be a thankful people. Teach us to be thankful that we might remember your goodness and share how good you are with others. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.